Random Makes Productions presents the Credulous Nerds Podcast. We talk about anything and everything in the nerd cosmos, from Star Wars to Star Trek, DC to Marvel, the Cosmere to Middle Earth, Harry Potter to Harry Dresden, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and buckle up, baby. In today's episode, we'll be talking about conventions, some upcoming summer movies, as well as revisiting The Last Jedi, and we'll give our final thoughts on the Avengers Rewatch series that we recently completed. So we want to thank you guys for joining us on the Credulous Nerds Podcast, episode 22. Today is June 14th, 2018. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? So it's good to have you back on the program, Mark. Uh, We've done a a couple episodes without you due to your family situation, and while it was fun, uh, it just wasn't the same, so I'm glad you're back with us. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm trying to be a little bit uh, more around uh, those that you that haven't heard. I had twins, and they just put a wrench in the pipeworks of uh, doing anything that's joyous <laughs> and loving ever again. But uh, no, I, I love my twins, but they they're a handful, and with the toddler on the side, it just you don't have a yeah. whole lot of time to do anything else except to be a dad. So yeah. hoping uh, things kind of normalize. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it will in a couple more months. As time goes on, we'll be hearing more from you, so that'll be great. Uh, first off, we'd like to start off talking about some conventions. Uh, most notably, that we normally talk about Salt Lake Comic Con, and there's been some controversy lately over um, to some uh, allegations and accusations from some of the guests, from the participants. last. I think I believe it was last year. Or last September, mm-hmm. and how Salt Lake Comic Con, Fanex, how they handled it. Um, so we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, so from what I understand and what I've read here in the local media and a little bit in the national media, is that there's an author, uh, Shannon Hale. She's pretty popular and mostly writes uh, young adult type novels. She's uh, written a couple screenplays as well, um, but she's been around for a while. And she is saying that uh, last September 2017, at the last Comic-Con, another author, uh, Richard Paul Anderson, who's known for the Christmas box novels, which in and of itself is kind of surprising to me, but hey, I guess things can happen. But uh, he allegedly grabbed Shannon Hell and was a little touchy-feely and a little more handsy than she'd like, and so she kind of shunned him and told him to stop but he kept doing it and then um she eventually reported it to the 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 staff and as well as um the founders Dan Farr and Brian Brandenburg and they did an investigation for a few months uh, and kind of talked to everyone saw what was going on and got a good idea of what happened 
and they felt that it was warranted and that you know this thing did happen and so they asked Richard Paul Anderson not to come back anymore and that's did they what else did do you have any other idea what happened there Mark do you remember uh, I, I'm not sure the back and forth too much yeah but from what I understand is that Shannon Hill had contacted him again, kind of like, hey, what, what's going on yeah. with this? You know, I don't feel like this has been addressed enough. There's other authors who have had the similar experiences as I have had. What's happening? And I never saw the original post. I've tried to find copies of it, people talking about it, but I just can't find it. Um, but apparently Brian did some back and forth and, and just basically was like, look, you know, we're, we're still looking into this or kind of trust the process. And if you're not happy with our, what we're doing, you know, then maybe, maybe you should sit this one out. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and is he kind of belittled? I don't know. He minimized um, it. Cause I read yeah, that post. Minimized the me too movement as well. Yeah. Which is, which is bad. And, and it's hard, right? Because um, the author, what's his name? Richard Paul Anderson. Yeah, Richard Paul Anderson. And he's denied it. And I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know, right? I, I don't know what happened. I, I can empathize with sometimes women feel uncomfortable, but it's tough as a man, you know, like, too, like, because if he's been doing this often, kissing women on their cheeks, giving them hugs and stuff like that. And no one says anything. It's hard to know that you're doing something wrong, right? And so I kind of like it. it for me, it's a tough call. I'm not trying to cast judgment on anyone. I'm not trying to say it's okay to do that. I'm not. You know, I'm clearing that right now. But he's denying it. Basically, he's like, no. You know, I would never do this on purpose. This isn't. This isn't me. You know, I'm not a bad person. And <clears throat> so Shannon just was kind of upset with how it was addressed. Felt like it should have been addressed better, you know, a little bit faster or whatever it was. And um, so Brian said what he said. And I guess that Shannon in in turn, because uh, they did it through some emails, posted the email. But just the words, right? Just the words. And said, hey, I, I had this incident happen at Salt Lake Comic Con, now known as FanX. Um, and this is the response I get, you know, kind of like, what the heck? Like they don't care. And so Brian (laughs) in retaliation, I guess, I don't know. And if anyone's had any dealing with Brian, I think this was the perfect Brian reaction in my mind. Like, I, I don't know why people would be surprised he responded this way, but he responded kind of snooty. You know, not very caring, not empathetic at all. And then he voxed her, right? And if anyone, if you don't know what voxing is, voxing is when you post personal and private information of people online. And so he posted his side of the story, but then posted her private email yeah. as well. And then it just went haywire, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I've... I've seen what happened. And like I said, I've, I've looked at some of the back and forth and seen what was said. And I think the biggest things were that he was kind of like saying, well, sit this one out and belittled the Me Too movement. I really think that that that's kind of where it comes around. Like, 
the oh crap from him, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's... Oh, by the way, it's Richard Paul Evans, not Anderson, my bad. So oh, Richard just, Paul just Evans. just want to set that straight, Richard Paul Evans. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen in the media and Hollywood and just pretty much everywhere for the past few few months with everyone coming out saying, you know, I was harassed or sexually assaulted or groped or whatever the case may be. Um, and then for him to not even put that together, that <clears throat> this is kind of the same thing. It's an extension of that. She's not saying anything sexual as far as I know, but pretty much, I mean, that was the next step from what I understand. So he didn't put that together and be like, yeah, this is a problem. We got to nip this in the bud. We got to make sure it doesn't happen again. He just kind of, and he wrote an excuse for, for the behavior. I think that was the biggest thing is mm-hmm. he was like, well, at our, con- at our convention, if you want to go up and grab, um, so-and-so like a, one of the guests, if he grabs your butt, then you can grab his type thing, which to be fair, I've seen it happen. I mean, sometimes I get pretty handsy with the guests, uh, the famous people and they get handsy back, you know, but it's, I, and it's hard to say, but it, I think either way it shouldn't be happening regardless if it's happening or not. And so his response was, well, if they want to do it and you're okay with it, then you can do it back to them. And, you know, there just wasn't any, um, like you said, empathy for what Shannon was saying. Cause Shannon never said, well, I was okay with him kissing me on the cheek once, but then when he did it, you know, it was, it was never anything like that. It was just, I didn't want it at all. And he kept doing it. And so, mm-hmm. and he just kind of wrote an excuse. And like you said, he, is it Vox or Dox? When you oh, it might be doxing. Yeah. yeah he, he doxed it, her. Yeah, that's right. And knowing Brandon, it probably wasn't malicious. He's just, I mean, maybe it was. I like I said, like you said, we weren't there. We didn't really see it. But regardless, it's not cool. Not shouldn't have been done. And it was handled very poorly by him. And then Dan Farr didn't really. I mean, he's he stated he's against those things, but he's not really coming out strong and saying this is absolutely unequivocally unacceptable, right? Well, I think it's because. Um, he's Brian Brandenburg. He's like the money, right? He's the money behind yeah, the, the, the thing. Yeah, he's the business side, and uh, Dan Far kind of like the creative mm-hmm. planning guy. And so, I, I think that for me, I found to be the most disappointing for me, right? Like, I, I and people know me. I'm a little bit critical of Comic Con, but I'm a re- I'm critical of comic, how Comic Con is ran. Um, I don't necessarily have been too critical of like these guys specifically but on this occasion dan far really disappointed me in his in his response because it came like a week later right and you just never heard anything from him and oh there's going to be something come out they hired a communications director who came out with the response before he did then he comes out with his response on thursday and then immediately they say, here's his response. Uh, Fanex will be closed for the next five days. Well, it was over, it was the weekend of Memorial Day. It was Memorial Day. So they were gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So till Tuesday, five days. Yeah. And to like not respond to anything. And it was 
and it was kind of horrible because they were deleting people's comments and they tried to like um you know smooth that over by saying we we just don't want to be decisive and you know we don't want attacking comments but i had posted a comment on there that was non-attacking i you know i just was like look i i feel like that this could be approached better uh you know this is you know whatever i said you know but it wasn't like i've i've put worse you know comments on there that have still been up and it was deleted yeah. And then I posted again saying, why would you delete that comment? You're, you said you're only deleting. This looks like you're trying to hide anything that's, that says anything negative about you. And that's part of the problem here. And then they left it, but they never responded to it. A lot of other people responded to it. Had a lot of, you know, some likes and stuff like that. But And when they came back, they never responded to anybody else's messages about it unless they were in support of them. I looked. I looked through all of them. The only – ones they responded to were in hey i believe you guys thank you they never responded to anybody else's problems and you know i just find found that whole series with dan Farr's, uh you know response delayed response and then that to be completely reactive not proactive yeah. it was disappointing yeah i think that's the biggest thing is yeah mistakes were made this happened wasn't handled the best and everybody told you that, so now you're aware of it, fully aware of it. You might have been like, well, we need to do some PR. We need to fix this. You might be in that mindset, but when everybody's telling you this is wrong, you're handling it wrong, and you don't change your mindset, that's the problem. Because mm-hmm. I, mean, I think this type of thing, this uh, harassment and groping, I mean, that happens at pretty much every Comic-Con every time. Not to say that's an excuse. I'm just, that's the reality. And we haven't had this type of blow up with other conventions. There was one at Star Wars Celebration uh, 2015, I believe, Celebration 5, uh, with, uh, if you remember, Adrian Curry. She was cosplaying a Slave Leia, and some guy totally groped her inappropriately. and uh, She just felt super uncomfortable, and that whole thing blew up. But that was like 10 years ago, and... So there's been things that have happened that, you know, people here at Fenex can learn from and respond in a similar way or even better way. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just not handling it right. Everybody's like waiting. There's Brandon Sanderson who's on the guest list right now, but he's he put out a statement shortly afterwards saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, come to the convention, but I want to see changes. I want to hear what they're going to do to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen again. And if it does, how are they going to handle it? And Mm -hmm. if they can't figure that out, then he says, I'm not coming. And that's kind of what everybody's waiting for is like, what are you guys going to do about it? And it's been about a month. Maybe well, and they weeks. said they they do something within a few weeks. Cause Brandon Sanderson said, I'll give you two weeks, you know, yeah. and, and nothing's you know, month, month has gone by. They were supposed to create this diversity council or something. Right. And never heard a single thing about it from again. They haven't posted anything about it. It's almost like they're like hoping it sweeps under the rug or something. You know, they're not addressing that at all. And I get you want to move on. Like, look, we don't want to focus on this. We want to focus on the Comic Con. And I and I I can agree with that. You know, you want to move on. But the answer isn't well. Brent, you know, Brian took a step back, and we're going to make this council. But then we'll never talk about it again, right? Like. 
I think they need to be transparent. Like, look, hey, we said we were going to do this. This is where we're at. Right. You know, just an update, something. Yeah. But they haven't said anything in a month about anything. And, uh, you know, I think they need to, and especially for, you know, when you have people like Brandon Sanderson saying, look, you need to fix this now because now is the time. Yeah, you were reactive for a second. And I think that things like this that are out of the norm are going to catch anybody off guard. And there's going to be a good moment of reaction. But now's the time to be proactive. Show us what you're going to do. Don't just tell me. Show me. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen the show me. Yeah. Well, I think best case scenario, they are working on something. They're trying to get you know something put in place. But nobody knows that. And like you said, they need to be transparent and give updates. You know, hey, this week we kind of did a bare bones agenda or outline of what we plan to do you know they don't have to get into the specifics they can just say hey we're working on it and it's going to be another week or two till we nail everything down you know instead of just silence well and it's a killer for fans too because they could still lose celebrities people that are planning on coming you know they've got some pretty okay names out there Right. We were talking about some of the names earlier. They could still cancel over this anytime. And I think one of the and I've talked about this before, but one of the things that they that they put out was, well, we're sorry if because some people did cancel and they're like, we're sorry if the people that canceled and you were going to go to them. But just so you know, we don't offer refunds. And (laughs) then there was a little note at the end where like when people kept asking like, well, what the heck? And they were like, we'll do it on a case by case basis. And I'm like, that's that's very reactive. That's that's exactly what you don't want to do. Like be proactive and say, look, if your sole thing is to come here for Brandon Sanderson or to come for so and so and you buy the package and they cancel, we're going to issue a refund because of of this situation. We're going to take care of our fans and we want to help you. Not just you can use your money somewhere else. Too bad we don't offer refunds. Maybe if your case by case basis passes the test, right? Like it just seems so unorganized, like it's not a proactive approach to the, to the situation. And we ran into this about a completely dis- different situation a couple years ago, right? With uh, Stan Lee canceled. Yeah. It's like we had bought his $100 thing. Uh, to you know, get the meet and greet and whatever it else it is, and then he cancels. He doesn't come, and they're like, "Oh, well, you can transfer that to someone else." But I had just bought product for him to sign. Can't get a refund. Uh, I changed and got the picture or the signature. I think we got Jason Momoa, right? Yeah. And, but his was less, and so we just lose the difference. Well, we had to pay. Like either lose the difference or pay like we had an extra twenty five dollars, so we had to buy like a sixty dollar package and have a twenty five dollar credit. Yeah, or, or lose the twenty five dollars, right? Which is insane. Either pay us more or be yeah. out of money. Your choice. And I and I think like when situations like this occur, and you can see that people are going to see value loss in their tickets, so they might not come. That now's the time to be proactive and address that. Now's the time to be proactive and address sexual harassment. Now's the time to be proactive and address a million other things, right? And and if you don't, then you're showing that you're not willing to to work on things. And a month has gone by and I've heard nothing. Yeah. 
yeah, hopefully we'll hear something soon um, and it's satisfactory because um, mm-hmm. people have bought tickets. I bought my ticket and I'm kind of not excited to go right now. I mean, I'll go because I bought the ticket and it's 30 minutes from my house. I, I could basically leave after work and drive 10 minutes to get there, you know, so I'll, I'll go, but I'm not excited about it like I have been in the past. And this it seems kind of like a, a problem. They're six, this is their, their sixth year. And this is something that the way they're reacting is like they're in their first or second year. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had plenty of time to learn and grow. They've had fiascos mostly just with organization before. So, and this is kind of their first big, you know, Hey, you need to fix this right now type thing. Not next year, not next convention, but now. And they're struggling with it. So hopefully we'll hear some news about what they plan on doing here in the next week or so. I mean, at least something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like you said, I hope. And, and you know, my you know apologies go out there to Shannon Hale that yeah. she had to go through something like this. Not only she was, did she experience something that made her uncomfortable, but she had to kind of get drugged through the mud a little bit by the people that should have been empathetic, the people that should have Protect wanted her. to listen to her. And, and it's sad because I, she'll never come to Comic-Con again. She'll never come to Salt Lake Comic-Con. And all those fans that had that would have had that experience of meeting her and this great author that they've read will not locally will not be able to have too much of, of that exposure again at this convention. And, that, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, in no way are we excusing minimizing accepting this type of behavior whether it's at a convention or on social media or anything you know we all need to respect each other regardless of gender you know anything really so that's the bottom line for us so all right um moving switching gears to an another upcoming convention star wars celebration in 2019 will be in chicago and Chicago, we are, and we are going. So, yes, we got tickets. tickets. Um, we're excited. Uh, I've never been. The last time that Star Wars convention was around, um, my good buddy Justin ditched me. Didn't <laughs> tell me about it, and I didn't go. But it, it didn't quite happen like that. But yes, you ended up not going. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, but this time I'm going. We tried to get the VIP tickets for 850 bucks, and they sold out in like seven seconds, so we didn't get them. Yeah. Uh, but we did get original pass tickets, and they're like 250 a pop, right? 235, something like that. Uh, 215. 215, yeah. Five day pass. And so, and we have our hotels booked, and and we're excited to go. Um, Chicago will be fun. I think, you know, originally, and I know you've mentioned this part, you know, a couple times that, you know, Chicago, oh, why Chicago? It's not that great. But I think there's some cool things to see in Chicago. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be walking around by myself at night or anything because uh, it is a dangerous city. But yes. I think that there's going to be some cool things to see. And from what I hear, the venue's going to be larger to help with some crowding issues that I've heard that have been problems in the past. Yeah. Uh, I'm just excited to go. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be staying at the Sheraton Grand Chicago, which isn't next to the the conventions being held at the McCormick. What is it? Uh, 
the McCormick Place. So it won't be next to there. It's like three miles away. And so we'll have to take a Uber or a bus or whatever they have. But, um, yeah, the last two conventions uh, in Orlando and Anaheim have just been crazy packed. Sold out every time. And this one sold out. I mean, the VIP sold out in under two minutes. Probably less. Because I was on, I got into the the virtual waiting line within a minute, and then thirty seconds later, I was actually could buy a ticket, and they were gone. So the VIPs, there's only like two hundred hundred of them. They sold out that quick, and then the five day pass sold out within I think it was forty eight hours, thirty six hours maybe, um, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened ever. So, and then now Saturday single day passes are sold out. And the other passes are going quick too. So this one's going to be crowded. I don't know if it'd be crowded, but there's going to be a lot of people there. So hopefully this McCormick place is bigger than the Orlando Convention Center because Orlando wasn't big enough. So that'll be interesting to see how that all pans out as far as lines and just crowd control. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, it it'll be good to see it uh, like, you know, kind of their organization compared to Salt Lake Comic Con. Um, I think I like to compare, you know, conventions to see what's done good and what's done better, you know, by Salt Lake and stuff. Um, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I was disappointed. It sounds like a lot of people were disappointed how the tickets went, um, because apparently there were some people that were able to use like a backdoor link that allowed them to get in, um, faster and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we've seen some people trying to sell tickets for astronomical prices, $3,000 for VIP tickets, which is truly disappointing because I want to buy a ticket to go. I'm not buying a ticket to sell for $3,000. And I think that that, and, and I've had a discussion with some people online about that, you know, saying, you know, I think that brings the community down. You yeah. know, you why are you charging fellow fans that share your community astronomical prices like you know you're ripping off the people that you share a common uh fandom with you know why don't you know hook each other up you know like i'm not saying you have to sell it for the exact price you bought it fine if you want to sell it for 50 bucks more whatever you know i think that's reasonably acceptable to everybody but three thousand dollars you know i mean that's you know, it stops people like Justin and I, real fans that want to pay that to go from getting those tickets just to benefit yourself. And I, I, I find that to be selfish. And and if you're one of those people that does that, I hope I offend you because that is so <laughs> yeah. selfish. It is just rude. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, it, we're hoping that we can at some point get some VIP tickets. But we're not holding our breath, but uh, no, I'm I'm excited overall. I'm I'm like a ten excited next April, right? Yeah, April thirteenth that week, that weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be fun. There's always parties. Uh, the five hundred first has a party. A lot of podcasts um, have their listener parties and just all kinds of fun stuff going on outside of the convention. Um, my hesitancy with Chicago was it was more like. You know, everybody was pretty much banking on Anaheim. And so I'm thinking, yeah, we'll go to Anaheim. We'll go to Disney Disneyland and visit Star Wars Land because that's going to open the same time that they're going to have this convention. You know, I had it all planned out in my head. And then it was like, 
and it's going to be in Chicago. And I was like, what? Everybody was kind of, all the fans were kind of like bewildered there for a second. And I was like, well, why would they do in Chicago when they're going to open Star Wars land? You know, so it was more like that, more like just a surprise adjustment that I had to go through there for a bit. But in reality, you don't really spend that much time outside of the convention center. <laughs> These things, <laughs> you're there pretty much all day. So we'll probably hit the town Wednesday night and maybe Sunday. So we'll see. One thing I want to see while I'm there is that big, like, I don't know what it is. It's like that big, like, reflective oval thing. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, the bean, I think is what they call it. Yeah, the bean or whatever. I, I'm like, hey, I, I've seen pictures of that. I'm like, that'd be cool to go see. So that's something, you know, for me, I want to see. Just um, I've never seen it in person, just seen it in other people's pictures. And uh, I mean, that's something Justin and I do is when we go to this, when we've gone to New York, we usually go a day or two early and we go sightsee some things, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think you have to. Yeah. Right? How often, when am I going to go to Chicago again? Like yeah. never, right? Yeah. And so, uh, no, it'll be neat to go to go there and you know just experience the you know the con in general. Yeah, it'll be fun. So that's like you said, April two thousand nineteen. No guests have been announced. Uh, Donald Glover, who plays Lando in the new Solo movie, which you sh- everyone should go see. He, <laughs> off the the record, I guess you could say told a fan that he was going to be there. So we'll see if that actually pans out, if he ends up going. But other than that, there hasn't been any guest announcements or anything that I'm aware of. So, But it'll be coming soon, soon enough. All right, switching gears. Upcoming movies. The Incredibles 2 comes out tomorrow as of this recording. So uh, it's, today's the 14th. Come out June 15th. And for me, I'm... Looking forward to seeing this movie, but I wouldn't say I'm excited. I enjoyed the first one. I've seen it a couple times. Watched it with my kids when they were younger. It's a great movie. I imagine The Incredibles 2 is going to be just as good, if not better. Uh, so I'll, I'll be going to see it, but uh, not super excited as some people are. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. What about you? for you, Mark? Are you going to go see this one? You know, the movie came out when I was like... 20 yeah and it was awesome i think i might have even been 19 um but i think this movie's for me is like 12 years too late yeah um i i think it's a great idea and like you said that takes the excitement away from me i i like you know they're making another one i think it deserved a second one the first one was just amazing and it kind of had that cliffhanger ending if you've seen it but Come on, 15 years? Come on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. 14 years, I guess. You know, it's, you know, for fan people that were fans then, you know, if I was a little kid, I'm 10 years old and I just saw it. I'm now 24, <laughs> right? I, yeah. You know, me, I was 19. I'm, I'm now 34. Like, it just, come on. Like, my, my the, the interest I had in it, you know, my childhood love and interest for The Incredibles is... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just kind of, you get older and it moves away a little bit. Interests change. And, yeah. you know, like what, like you, I'll go see it. I'm just not like hopping, loving it. You know, it's like, oh, cool. I mean, it's Incredibles, but I, why you would wait so long for Incredibles 2 
is is beyond me. I mean, I guess Disney knows something I don't, but um, I, <laughs> I I feel like this should have been released a long time ago. But ten, ten years ago, yeah, at least at yeah. you know at least ten years ago. So, yeah. but uh, but you know it is what it is, and so I I, I hope it's good. Um, I haven't heard heard too much about it. It has a 94% on the Rotten Tomatoes, which probably means it could either really suck or actually be good. You never know with Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you have like a 1 in 20 chance of actually having it be correct. So, yeah. Uh, but Yeah, I might even wait till video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, just so long. And the movie didn't advance. It's not like when they do this in some movies, like they're like, Oh, well we waited a long time. So we'll let the time in the movie advance that much. It like picks up like a year later, like six months later. Yeah. It's like, well, that's nice because while I went from an in shape 19 year old to like an, a fat 30, you know, mid 30 year old (laughs) man with three kids, (laughs) uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I suspect it will be good. I suspect that we'll see a lot of the same stuff and, the first one was great so what what can you really say much more about the second one yeah yeah i'm sure the kids will will like it i mean they can just watch the other one on dvd before they head out to see the they don't have that problem that we have where it's you know 14 years later <laughs> mhm and they they get a benefit from seeing jack jack with his awesome crazy whatever abilities yeah <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to see him right we saw like 2 seconds of him yeah so yeah, it comes out this weekend. Uh, if you see it, let us know on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page, Credulous Nerds. Let, you, let us know if you liked it, what you thought about it. It was a good sequel. Uh, maybe we'll go see it in theaters if you give us a good reason to. But uh, Next up, uh, Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom. We've been talking about this movie for a while, since the first trailer. And I think if you were to go back and listen to that episode, I forget which one it is, but it's probably six months ago from now, uh, when we reviewed that first trailer. And the second trailer looks pretty good. I mean, it expounded a little bit on what was going on, kind of confirmed some of our fears from that review that we did, which I think the biggest one was we didn't want to see a repeat where they bring the dinosaurs off the island to the city and then the dinosaurs get let loose in the city which was basically the lost world right Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park the lost world and apparently that's what's happening in this one too so uh, I don't know to what extent they escape if it's more contained than the other one but uh, I don't know I was excited I'm kind I'm probably like a six on the excitement meter out of one to ten on this one right now I'll go see it but I just don't want to see a repeat of what we've already seen. Just, you know, scarier dinosaurs and better acting, perhaps. I mean, yeah, that, that helps, but it's the same story, if that's the case. Yeah. And we don't need that. No, yeah. It's like you said, I just, you know, when, when you start following storylines, people get bored. Because these are so... You have to look at it like this. When when you have movies that expand over a long amount of time, you're going to have old fans, you're going to have new fans. And you want to try to please both, right? The problem is with your old fans, 
if they've already seen the movie in the original, they don't want to see it again. They're, you, so you're going to lose some of your fan base. Then they're going to tell everybody how stupid that is. Yeah. Then you're going to lose a percentage of the new fan base. Then the new fan base is going to see it, realize, oh, they were right. This kind of, you know, like like the, the wind's already a little took it out of them. So unless it's the most amazing movie in the world, now you have, you know, everyone else saying like, oh, it wasn't horrible. So I guess... I guess all those old timers are right. It did suck. Yeah. You know, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And it's, you know, the old timers who've seen the movies in theaters the first time around with Jurassic Park, we remember, we remember thinking, oh, this was, this movie wasn't that good anyway. And the the first time we saw it, now we're doing the same storyline, but then you got all the new people who, or perhaps people who watched it a while ago, 20 years ago when it first came out, they're going to go buy the Jurassic Park trilogy and rewatch it a week before they go see this one. So it's fresh on their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to watch the lost world, see what happens. And then if this is a repeat or very similar to the lost world, they're going to be like, I just watched this last week on DVD. Why am I sitting through this one again? So this is a bad idea. You know what I would have liked to see if, if if really this is that it's like the shadow of the lost world with some cooler effects and maybe a, 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 a you know little deviance of storyline whatever I would have rather seen a movie about what what's that th- is it Gen X or uh, Ingen um, yeah I would rather see a movie about the history of Ingen yeah like. They have some crazy role. They've been around all three. Something's going on. They they have this thing. Show me a movie about Injun and then scrap this piece of junk. You know, <laughs> if if that's true. Obviously, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I I hope it's good. It has some great actors that I like. Bryce Dallas Howard. I've always liked her as an actress. Um, Chris has Pratt. Chris Pratt. Can't go wrong with him. What's his name? Is it John Goldman? Jeff Goldman? Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum. yeah, yeah. Um, he plays Ian Malcolm in the originals. I- I've always liked that guy too, right? Uh, so I think that they have a recipe for success. Uh, let's just hope that the storyline helps with it. You know, help. You know, does more than just a story because people like dinosaurs. I mean, I like dinosaurs, but not that much. Yeah. So <laughs> feed me a good story. So I mean, like you said, five six on the excitement meter. But I'll go see it yeah. because I'm a fan. But yeah, hopefully we're wrong and it's it's somewhat similar, but most of sixty percent of it is different. I mean, that'd be that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that comes out June twenty second, which is next week. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. Yep. And then Ant Man and the Wasp. We've talked about that a little bit as well. July sixth. So about three weeks and um there's been some talk i think we were talking about it last time well not last time but uh in one of our episodes where we weren't sure or we thought that ant-man and the wasp was after avengers 4 or uh, sorry avengers 3 infinity war i was saying it was before but that's what i had read okay so yeah, there's there was some confusion about is it before or after, but apparently it's before in between Black Panther or happened at the same time as Black Panther, and then before Avengers four three Avengers three sorry, yeah, okay. which I I don't like. I wish they would just 
sequenced it out, you know? And, I mean, maybe the ending will coincide with, with what happens. Yeah. You know? But I just find it... It, it aggravates me. Uh, I'm going to change it. It really aggravates me when, one, timelines are, are just don't make sense. Like, just dumb. And then, two, when you have a world-ending events <laughs> and people don't show up. Like, really? You're a superhero, but you don't want to save the day. You don't want to come to the, you know, like, cool, we have... What's her name? Captain uh, Captain Marvel. Right. Awesome. Thanks for showing up for all the other world-ending events to help us out. That would have been really cool because we probably could have defeated Ultron without killing 100,000 people in the process. Yeah. Right? We probably could have uh, defeated the Shatari without losing half of New York City. <laughs> you know, like, it just blows my mind that that these stories are written that way because that's just unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, well, not hopefully, but I imagine Ant-Man and the Wasp will explain why he didn't show up to help fight Thanos is my guess. I mean, at this point they have, they better explain it instead of just like, Oh, he didn't want to. <laughs> you spend time with his family instead. You know, that's not a reason. I mean, if he can go fight uh, the what's the wasp? No, not the wasp. The the hornet guy in the first one, the yellow jacket. Oh yeah. If he can spend time away from his family fighting that guy, when he's not even a half or even a fourth as powerful as Thanos, why wouldn't he go fight Thanos? If he can leave his family to go fight Iron Man and his crew, why can't he leave and go fight Thanos? So yeah. They better like, explain it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know. It just is dumb. Why that? I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, especially especially with uh, Captain Marvel, how they're they're going. This movie takes place in the 80s, I think, or in the 90s, maybe. It happens before Iron Man, the first Iron Man, chronologically. So. Why, like you said, if it happened, if this origin story occurs in the 90s, why don't we see her until after Thanos in Avengers 3? So they better explain that too. And if she's so strong, she supposedly is the equivalent of Superman in the Marvel world. Yeah. Is what she is. The equivalent, now let that sink in. The equivalent of Superman in the Marvel world. Superman took out... Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, and Batman in like 15 seconds. Right? Come on. She is that powerful. And she's going to let some world-ending events happen. And it's just like, because I'm too shy to come out. <laughs> like, come on. That's just, I, I don't know. I mean... Well, Maybe that's even... why I'm not a writer, because I don't believe in these crazy, fantastical, stupid ideas. But <laughs> if I was, I, I have a feeling that I would make it so it'd be like, oh, these characters I created aren't selfish or dumb. So they're going to come out and help the other characters so that people can live. Yeah. 
And what we've seen so far is, what we know so far, I guess, is Nick Fury texts Captain Marvel. And until then, until she gets that text, she's not coming out. She's not showing up to help. Right? That's what we're led to believe up to this point. Mm-hmm. We're not even text. But, it's a pager, right? <laughs> yeah. and But, yeah, like the same thing. Like, so uh, this is big enough to text him about, but Ultron wasn't. Yeah. The Shatari wasn't. Like, uh, when your own organization betrayed you and you got shot by the Winter Soldier and they were going to send up the uh, – those helicarriers that that wasn't that important like it, it's cool wonder woman or it's cool captain marvel don't worry about it we'll somehow figure this out yeah <laughs> like just just doesn't make sense make it make sense i know i'm kind of going off topic and like maybe that's kind of a downer to people i apologize <laughs> but i don't apologize because that's realistic and that's dumb and if you don't agree with me then i i, I don't know i'll buy you a cookie or something i don't know well, maybe they'll explain it, and you'll have to buy them a cookie. And if that's the case, I will buy cookies. <laughs> All right. Uh, so those are the upcoming movies that uh, we are interested in watching over the next few months. And that's another thing I wanted to bring out is back in the day when we were 20s and 30s. Well, yeah, I guess you're still there, but. <laughs> so me, back about 20 years ago when uh, when Justin was in his 30s. I'm not that old. <laughs> but in the early 2000s and maybe late 90s, July 4th was a huge movie weekend. We got a lot of great movies that weekend. And for the past couple of years, we really haven't gotten much. We get like one movie, if that, that's a blockbuster. That could be considered a blockbuster. And this this year it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, July 6th, which is, isn't even July 4th. I don't know, maybe they'll do early release for this one, but... Yeah, uh, well, I July 4th is like on a Wednesday, right? Is it? Okay, so maybe that's why, yeah. Because they usually release on Friday, so yeah, it's probably the Wednesday before. But I wouldn't say Ant-Man and the Wasp is a blockbuster, everybody go see it type movie. I mean, they should have switched this one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, with Avengers 3. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then you could have kept the chronology in order. Yeah. And had a, I mean, it's not like Avengers 3 was going to fail. Yeah. Whenever it came out. Yeah. Right? That thing was going to succeed no matter what. So, I, I, I don't know. Money yeah. faster, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my thoughts. Is like, why are just in general, why aren't we seeing these big blockbuster weekends on July Fourth weekend? We're seeing maybe there was one year that there wasn't a good movie in the theaters that weekend. Because I was like, oh, I have this day off for work. I'm gonna go see a movie. What's playing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I want to see. No action movies. I was just like, I was bewildered. I was my. I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> And that was a couple, like three, four years ago. So that's got to change. Yeah, they because they they don't really have anything coming out that week. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, even yeah, Hotel Transylvania won't come out till the next week. Mission Impossible not till the end of that month. That would have been cool to see Mission Impossible 
Ant-Man and Hotel Transylvania on the July 4th weekend. Yeah. But I think one thing, too, is that these movies, they don't want them to have competition. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's yeah. like, oh, no, like we don't we don't want to compete with those. It'll take tickets from us. And it's like, but doesn't that even out at the end? Yeah, you'd think. Like, right? People are going to go see it when they see it. Right. And so, I mean, but it's it, like, it's all about the opening weekend. You see that was solo. Yeah. Like if they don't do $10 billion in the first weekend, the movie's crap these days. <laughs> you know I mean? The yeah. solo has over $300 million world. They, let that numbers $300 million. And they're saying it's a flop at the box office. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it, dumb. It's silly. It, it's, People have gone from from quality to the number to to the money. Yeah. Well, next, uh, the next uh, Transformers movie is coming out. Bumblebee standalone. They, yeah. They released uh, a trailer for that recently. Last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, I saw it. Looks interesting. I'm not sure if I'm excited for it, but yeah. I am. I mean, it's kind of weird. We've been watching these cool Transformers. I remember the very, very first one I saw, Transformers 1. I walked out of there. I had pee all over my pants because it was so amazing. It, it was great. Then the next, like, 20 came out, and I was like, ah, you know, man. But, uh, you know, so I get worried I'm going to see the same film, but I'm still going to go see it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bumblebee, I think, is a great standalone film movie i've heard a lot of critics i've read a lot of things about oh bumblebee or you know grumble grumble but i'm like no that's kind of cool um but i don't know what it's gonna be about i don't know what like what would the plot line be where's everybody else right (laughs) and so uh it looks kind of interesting i i was a little excited for it he's he's a bug in this one right broken down bug yeah that's what he was in the cartoons right Oh yeah, that's Back true. Back in the '80s, that was one of the biggest criticisms for Transformers. Was I guess the first of the film, he's the bug, but then he transforms into that uh, sweet Charger or something. Yeah, super sweet Camaro. So. But I, yeah, I think it's more of a personal story, and that's kind of weird to say about a robot. We're <laughs> 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 right? uh, going to see the softer side of the Transformers in this film. <laughs> But if you remember back to the first one, um, it was just Bumblebee and then the two, like the police car, I forget which one he was, and then Starscream. I think those were the only three Transformers on Earth at the beginning of the first Transformers. Mm -hmm. And then he sent out the Signal and Optimus Prime and all the other ones came, right? So I think it'll be more just Bumblebee fighting against maybe Starscream or, you know, those those two Decepticons. Oh, so is it a prequel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, and I don't know what, I mean, the previous Transformers, it's always a world-ending event, you know, the the cube is going to blow up, or um, what's the world that they live on is going to come and crash into Earth. So, oh, know, yeah. It's always this huge event that they got to save the world, but... There, this can't happen chronologically in this film because no one knew about the Transformers until the first Transformers movie. 
So if this is a prequel, there can't be this huge event that threatens everybody's life and they the Transformers save them because they've never seen them before. The world hasn't seen them before. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say whoever finds them and it's their car, they're going to die. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. It's a... Uh, the main, the lead character is a girl. I don't know if she's like early twenties or late or teenager. So I don't think they would kill off a, a girl. Of that no, age. I never thought that either. And then I watched this crazy show about Star Wars, and she died. What? You don't know what I'm talking about. You talking Revenge of the Sith? No. I, I thought you were a fan. Rogue One? Oh, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, they all Kinda died say, in that one. Yeah, they all I'm just saying because <laughs> oh, you, you, don't, you don't know them after. Right. right? Never mentioned. But, I mean, you're, I don't know. So you're saying it's they're going to wrap tense. up loose ends? Yeah, you got to wrap up loose ends. Okay. And, uh, yeah, maybe. But maybe not. I, I don't know. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm kind of excited for this yeah. show, like you know, in a weird way. Like it's like part of me is like, oh, another one, and I don't know, but it's Transformers, <laughs> so I'll go. Yeah, that's kind of my thought process too. I'm curious about it, but not super excited. But I've seen all the other ones and loved them for what they are. Right, they're not Emmy winner or I guess Oscar winners or anything like that, but. They're Michael Bay movies, and this one isn't directed by Michael Bay, so it should have a different tone and different feel to it. Yeah. So yeah, that comes out next year. So do they have others planned? I don't know. That's after a good question. that last one. Hmm. Like sequentially after uh, Transformers Five. Yeah. Oh. I think they were gonna do they were gonna do like another trilogy, and five was the first one in that trilogy, but uh, I haven't heard anything since. Well, I've only heard about this one, so <clears throat> we'll see. Uh, next up, uh, we mentioned Dark One by Brandon Sanderson at the beginning of the podcast, and how it's a multimedia endeavor by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, he's been known to write books in the, his universe that he created called the Cosmere. And a lot of his stories are set in the Cosmere. But this one is not. There's there's a couple other ones that aren't as well. But this one seems to be its own series, the new series that he's going to start called Dark One. And so um, it's going to be a TV show. It's going to be a comic book series going to be a podcast serial and I think I think that's it <laughs> I mean, oh and a, a book series multi-volume book series as well so that's pretty ambitious I mean that's something that I've talked about before where all these major properties like Marvel and Star Wars and DC they need to start tying everything together and have a continual storyline through all these different types of media Marvel does it a little bit, but it's not great. Um, Star Wars seems to be doing that a little bit, piece by piece, but it's not uh, chronological. It's you know piecemeal, 
but if this the way it plays out as, as the way they're explaining it it'll start chronologically and it'll just kind of go from beginning to end um, he hasn't really said what it's about <laughs> other than it's a dramatic fantasy adventure that spotlights a, a young man who sees visions of strange and fantastical worlds which he is told are just hallucinations but this dark and deadly fantasy world that keeps coming to him is actually a real vision of another world one where he has been prophesied to become a tyrant and destroy this land of interesting creatures sporadic electrical currents and a darkening landscape so that's uh, this from deadline.com so is it another world or another reality um, I don't know that kind of makes it sound like it's maybe another reality, right? Well, it could be that the young man lives in our time or our world, but he has these visions of another reality, hmm. another world. It could be something like that. Interesting. And when's it supposed to all start coming out? Did it? Does it say? Um, I think at the end of. No, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Oh. So you know nothing. I know nothing. Johnson. <laughs> I just get <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> oh, man. No. Um, it, yeah, it sounds cool because, like you said, um, certain <clears throat> uh, fandoms have tried this in the past, you know, to make everything wrap in uh, in multimedia. So I think it's cool when they do that, if they can get this off the ground and really make it work. Cause I, I think there's a huge benefit for that if you can make it work. Cause then it's not like I'm watching my favorite movie that's come out and then I don't hear anything for the, a year until the next one comes out. I get to see these cool TV shows. I get to listen to a podcast. I get to read a 10,000 page book from Brandon Sanderson. So <laughs> That'll be pretty cool. And and if any of you have read Brandon Sanderson, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I guess uh, on the guys from 17thshard.com have a post from uh, Publishers Weekly that they've kind of reported on that I guess it'll start with uh, a graphic novel that's two volumes. The first volume is due out in spring of 2019. So I think that's the first step. I wonder how it's going to do because I don't – I've read – you know, I, I've obviously read Brandon Sanderson. But his writing doesn't strike me as graphic novelish, you know, whereas like someone like Jim Butcher does. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to – you know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering if it's – you know, we're going to see a completely different style of writing from Brandon than than we're used to, because I think there's there's a difference in writing and, and the world that you cr- help create um, to make a graphic novel. Yeah, I don't think you can just turn any story into a graphic novel and have it be a good graphic novel. So I wonder what we're going to see. Kind of interesting. Yeah, he's done a couple. He's writing one right now, a three part series that is in the Cosmere universe uh, called White Sand and he's the second volume has come out recently and it's definitely I mean you can see Brandon Sanderson's writing in the graphic novel I mean you can tell it's him instead of like a Marvel or DC type 
graphic novel. Um, but it's just as good. I think the first one he was trying to get used to. The second one was better. It flowed better and, you know, it was more interesting as a graphic novel story. Uh, so I think he's kind of honing his craft in preparation for that. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, anything Brandon Sanderson does, I'm interested in. And then just to have that approach where it's across all these different mediums, something I've been wanting for a long time from pretty much any property. I mean, back when Star Wars Expanded Universe was around with all the different novels and comics, I mean, everybody just um, feasted on those things, man. Those were like gospel. And that's why there was this huge uproar when Disney bought Lucasfilm and then canceled everything that had been written before because it was very well read and beloved by the fans because it was their fix, like you were saying, in between these movies that are took at least three years to make people wanted to consume something related to star wars and so they picked up the novels they picked up the the graphic novels and the comic books so i think tapping into that idea is is genius so that'll be a tv show comics and books as well as the the serial podcast I haven't heard anything about a movie. That'd be interesting if they, like, the grand finale was this amazing movie, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of bring the graphic novel to life. Yeah. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. So, yeah, look for that in spring of 2019, Dark One. And speaking of Brandon Sanderson and his thousand page, thousands of pages of book that he writes... Uh, you can, if you're not a big reader, but you like to listen to books, you can listen to uh, his books on audible.com. If you go to our website, credulousnerds.com, there is an offer for two free audiobooks on audible.com that you can sign up for and you get to keep the book even if you uh, cancel your membership. Uh, the first month is free and you get two free books. So that's a pretty good deal. So you can get the the latest Brandon Sanderson books. You can check out the Stormlight Archive. There's three uh, volumes in that, and their three volumes are over a thousand pages. So that's great to listen to on Audible, as well as his other books, Mistborn and Elantris, all kinds of good stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, two free books on us. Just go to our website, um, credulousnerds.com. There's a link on the right sidebar for free audiobooks. So go check it out. Uh, so we were talking a little bit earlier about the Avengers, kind of Captain Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where were they type thing. But I also wanted to just review the Marvel Universe so far, starting with Iron Man all the way up through uh, the Avengers 3. We did our Avengers rewatch series where we reviewed each movie and what we liked about it, how it fit into the whole saga and everything. But now that that's all done, the Avengers three is out. Pretty much everybody's seen it a couple times. Um, I just want to recap that and kind of give our final thoughts on the saga so far. Um, do you want to start Mark with that? Um, like a big picture. If, if we just sat down and watched all these movies in one sitting, what would be your opinion of what you just watched? 
Um, as far as just pure advancement of a st- uh, of the entire story goes, I think we've seen a great progression from where we started with Iron Man. Um, you know, we saw Iron Man come in and, you know, as a human being and struggle to try to make the world better. And you kind of see his progression through everything, you know, kind of have a moral fight with himself, you know, try to find himself where, where he thinks he should be. And you, you see some fear from him, especially after the Shatari incident and, you know, his, you know, his movement through things. Uh, we introduce other characters, uh, I think, at pretty good paces. Uh, there were some definitely surprising characters in there that did extremely well. Ant-Man, I never thought I would like him as much as I did. Doctor Strange was amazing. I think that it, they did really good about introducing the characters. I really, uh, for me, that was a, a big grip to, to bring in these characters, bring them together, and and make this Avengers group, right? And to see kind of the history of everyone. We got to see a Thor origin story. We got to see a Doctor Strange origin story. Ant-Man. We got to see them all. So like the context is there. And I and I really appreciate that as a fan uh, to where we are now. It, you know, as far as the movies as a whole, I, I, I can't say any of them are just complete crap. You know, I think they've obviously had some really good ones. They've had some poorer ones. Uh, the only thing that really, really bothers me is the jokes are always the same, especially with the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. And and I'd like to see him move away from that. Um, hopefully we can. And I know with the new phase coming in, you're going to start phasing some of these guys out anyway. So maybe that's a way that that will happen, transition. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's just been a, a really enjoyable series for me, uh, really enjoyable watches. I, I've watched m- probably all of them multiple times. I'm going to watch them multiple times more, um, as a, as a fandom and as a, a movie series, I, I would suggest this for anybody that has five days to just watch them all i mean yeah. it, it really is fun watch there's some really cool things and i think there's something in there for everybody um even if you're not super nerdy even if you're not i don't like superheroes and stuff like i have some friends who live in utah uh and they are not nerdy at all they make fun of me for being you know into this stuff but there's movies that they've seen of of this fandom that they really like that they've enjoyed and and I think that goes to say a lot to say that you know there's a movie in this for everybody and I, I think that everyone should give it a try um, it, it like I said it, it's been an enjoyment to watch I'm excited to see where it's going especially after this last movie come on come on people still can't stop talking about it it's just so great um character development's good uh some cool cool things are done all the time in these movies some really brilliant things um i I didn't really hop on the train with the whole black panther thing that's the best movie of all of them and you know it it shows all this 
cultural stuff, and I'm like, ah, just it's just a freaking movie. I don't know, but uh, it didn't connect um, with you. No, it didn't really connect with me. I'm like, I, I don't know. I was talking to some guy. He's like, no, it shows the exact culture of Af- how advanced the culture of Africa really is. And I'm like, so what? They fight to the death to see who their leader is. That sounds pretty advanced. You know, can't can't wait to join that group. Um, yeah. But uh, but you know, I I've re- just from Iron Man to to the next to just all of them it it's been it's been a journey right we went we've seen it from the first one this is like when did the first one come out 2000 what uh 2007 i think yeah it's a 10 sure. plus year journey that i've enjoyed 2008 uh, 2008 yeah so um overall yeah i i think i have to give a, as a whole a B plus, yeah, a, a solid B plus. Um, it's it's great. Yeah. Go see it. Uh, it's hard to review this because there's so much, but um, a- as a whole, it's just been just been great. I think if I had to pick one favorite character, one favorite one, that's just my man, my high five, my yeah. go to, would be Stephen Strange. Oh yeah, yep. He's uh, uh, I find his character truly intriguing with who he is and where he came from and what he is. You know, I just uh, I really enjoy that character. Yeah, he's one of my favorites too. Um, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said and agree with your grade B plus. Um, I think we're on the same page. I think if if you haven't seen these movies from beginning to end, I, we we did the rewatch, and you know, I'd seen most of these films in theaters. I think I didn't see Iron Man one or Hulk in theaters, but then I saw the rest in theaters. And so, as I watched them over in theaters over the last ten years, and would watch them on DVD, I liked them. I could piece the story together. It wasn't that difficult. It was fun to find the Easter eggs in the films. But when we watched them, when we watched them, you know, January 1st through uh, May 4th, when the Avengers 3 came out, uh, that was pretty rigorous. It was more uh, intense than I thought it would be. It was one a week, sometimes more, because we'd miss a week, then we'd have to catch up type thing. Um, But it made a lot more sense. And movies that I didn't like as much, I liked more. And movies that I really liked I kind of fell down on the list for me. So it was interesting that when you sit down and watch it all together, it makes sense. There's a couple missteps here and there, like you said with the timeline earlier with Spider-Man. But mm-hmm. I think as a whole, it it's a great story. And if we were to see this when we were 10 years old, if we were 10 years old now, or I guess back in 2008, this would be like the best thing ever in the history of the universe, right? This whole endeavor has been amazing. I mean, there's a whole... I'm more of a DC fan, and there's this whole DC Marvel type thing, which for me is just kind of fun more than I take it serious. But Marvel <laughs> is winning this battle right now. You throw out all the money in the world and just go with story, and you know they got a head start, but 
they've they've done it right. I mean, this is what we want to see in pretty much every property, every universe that we enjoy, right? We want to see it in Star Trek, Star Wars, DC, Harry Potter, whatever. This is what we want to see, and they've done it right. And it's been enjoyable. It's been a fun ride to watch it, and I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm curious to see what happens after Avengers 4. Next, That comes out next year. You know, they're they're going to have to shift gears because everything's been building up to the fight with Thanos and after that movie it's going to be over so what's next am I going to be as invested in the story after this because some of the characters aren't going to be around for whatever reason whether they die or retire or move on and so is it still going to be interesting and I think that's going to be what the the trigger or it's going to be the the hard thing for Marvel to do to switch gears into that new universe, new part of the universe, I guess. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you know, when you kind of say it like that, it kind of makes sense to what DC's doing, right? Is that it looks like they're really ramping up after that fourth adventures. Um, because I think they bank on that. Cause I find myself doing that all the time. I look at, uh, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, The Blacklist and a couple of the other movies I've watched, right? They had this main storyline, and then as soon as they fulfilled that storyline, I watched a couple of the next. I'm like, yeah, this is just meh. Yeah. I don't really care anymore. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like, interesting. All the buildup's gone. Yeah, it kind of like takes them out of sales. Um, so I wonder if that's kind of, you know, like a, a DC idea. Like, oh, yeah, as soon as they're done and people <laughs> are like, get to that point we're going to be hitting our stride. Yeah. And those fans have to go somewhere. Right. right. And so, I mean, who, who knows? But like you said, yeah, I think Marvel is, is completely winning in both the storytelling, the bringing it all together and stuff. Um, I, I, I think we saw some good things out of DC, especially with uh, uh, Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. I think you know if Aquaman can pull off the same thing, I think we'll start CDC catching up. But I mean, Marvel's been just truly phenomenal in the whole the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun to watch, fun to be around. It's been a fun ride, even if the movies after Avengers four aren't that great. I mean, they can't pull it off forever, but it's been a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, uh, well, I guess I was gonna say they don't really own the rights to X Men. I wonder if you'll start to see some more X Men come out. You know, get yeah. those pumped out with. And I don't know where they're going because it seems like they were gonna do like with the. I know this is completely off subject, but X Men, you know, like they were gonna go that whole first class route. You know, that group. Yeah. And it's like they reset that group and gone a different route again. Yeah, we'll see. I know that uh, Disney's is not a sure thing that they're going to buy Fox because re- lately, uh, so they put in their offer, but uh, Fox granted more time for Comcast to put a deal together. And so they've put an offer on the table too that's more lucrative for them. So Comcast might end up buying Fox. So that's going <laughs> to play out over the next few weeks, over the summer, I imagine. You know, I hope so, uh, and not because I don't like Disney, but just because I don't like all the big franchises under one name. I don't. I think that does a disservice to um, 
all the series because how can it why are they going to compete against themselves yeah yeah i think so too i think they should share a little more i mean if they have wolverine show up in avengers and they split the pot i mean come on that's everybody wins right they need to share stuff like that more but ultimately yeah compete competition brings out more creativity and more risks that could succeed or fail so i think we'll see what happens there and then one more uh, thing to reminisce about uh the last jedi i wanted to get back to this uh for a little bit and it seems like a good time now to spend the next uh, couple minutes talking about this before we wrap things up but uh the last jedi six months later very divisive film six months later fans are either loving it or hating it doesn't seem to be much middle ground um i'm sure there's some people i mean i'm kind of in the middle i guess you could say i and i guess that's not bad either because it you know it just you, means you're you know balanced with the force exactly you're not a sith you don't deal in absolutes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of people hate it a lot of people love it and there's a lot of people who are just unsure i think it's more not necessarily that I'm in the middle, but I'm just unsure. <laughs> so mm-hmm. some things I like, some things I don't. It's It's been a hard movie to gauge. And for me, I'm kind of waiting for episode nine to drop to kind of complete this trilogy and see where it goes and see if it improves The Last Jedi. I mean, because I think if people were just to watch, I'm sure after The Empire Strikes Back, people were like, what just happened? What's going to happen? You know, that was a terrible movie. Everybody got beat and... Darth Vader wins and blah 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 it's only years later that everybody loves that film so I think that we're kind of in a similar situation where we need to see how the next episode plays out how it completes the trilogy and how the trilogy flows and what story it ultimately tells Um, The Last Jedi some good things about it is we get to see the progression of Rey as a Jedi and learning her powers she confronts uh, Snoke, and in her um, naivete, I guess, she thinks Kylo Ren's going to turn, but he doesn't. And so they kind of solidify their uh, relationship, I guess, for lack of a better turn, term. She, you know, she's on the light, and he's on the dark, and that's that's how it's going to be. There's a lot of fans out there who are like, uh, Raylo, you know, Ray and Kylo Ren are going to be in a relationship, but... After this movie, well, how no. can they if they're brother and sister? <laughs> That's just a theory. It's uh, uh. a good theory. I like it, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, we get a better definition of who Ray is and who Kylo Ren is. Um, I think it was great to see Luke Skywalker back on screen, and I wasn't pleased with how it turned out. I understand how it turned out and why they did it that way, because ultimately. I mean, the last Jedi, the Jedi don't use the force for, for attack. It's knowledge and defense. That was stated back in the eighties with Empire Strikes Back. And that's what Luke did. He didn't attack. He just used his power to help his friends, his sister escape. And it was too much for him as the ultimate sacrifice. It's the same thing that Obi-Wan did for Luke on the Death Star. So all these themes play through. I don't like it. I mean, I wanted to see Luke attack. <laughs> I wanted to see him, you know, pick up the saber again. I mean, he threw it down in the end of Return of the Jedi. 
And that was the right move. And it was the right move here. I mean, if it, that's kind of how Jedi are. They're supposed to be. And I think he had to learn that lesson. And he did. And he stuck to it. Uh, I, I did want to see more of Finn and Rey. Uh, the whole thing with Finn and Rose going off in their little adventure. Not too hot on. I, I like Rose as a, I like yeah. I like Rose as a character. There's a big dust up and a lot of hate and talk about Rose as a character and that she's terrible. And the actress who plays her is terrible. And that's definitely not my thoughts. Uh, I think she was a well developed character. Just the story that her and Finn embarked on wasn't that interesting to me. Um, I know, and let's get real. You could be with Jedi Ray <laughs> or Pilot Rose. Come on, man. Yeah. Who would want to date a Jedi? <laughs> I know. So uh, there was a lot of great moments with this film, I think. So that part combined with how um, the beginning when the First Order is chasing the Resistance for the whole movie, basically, I thought that was too contrived and too simple and I don't know, come on all the first order had to do was say call in two more ships to cut them off and then we'll just blast them out of the sky <laughs> right yeah well we're gonna go on a 72 hour chase I mean, it, we're it, just gonna yeah. slowly chase them down kind of reminded me of of uh what's his name OJ Simpson and his Bronco that slow chase oh, <laughs> where they yeah. go like 30 miles an hour on the freeway. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. It's, this isn't that exciting. So, there are a couple story cho- choices that I'm not too hot on, but that's the story. Um, I think when it first came out, I gave it a pretty good review, like an A, A minus, and I'm back. Six months later, now that it's settled in, I've seen it a few times. Probably going to be a, just a B, B minus, maybe. A lot of great things, but it's on the bottom of my list of Star Wars films. Probably, see, last or second to last. Uh, what about you, Mark? What are your thoughts now that you've had time to have the last Jedi settle? The hype is gone. You know, people are just kind of saying how they feel about it now. Mm, I'm probably kind of the, I don't know. I kind of feel the same as I did originally. I, I feel like that, you know, Star Wars, the tale of more would have been better title because I wanted more of everything. I wanted, uh, more storyline. I wanted more information about Snoke, more information about Ray, a better fight scene, more information, you know, more from, uh, Phasma, more from Finn, more from everybody, you know. Um, and the only one that we got, thing we got more of, which I thought was backwards, was Leia. <laughs> yeah. The one person you just can't go too much more on, and that's the one thing that you just got a lot of, you know, just got more. Um, so I, I think that uh, it, it was a, a good, solid movie. But when after the first one, when everyone was kind of just like, oh, man, like it's like a remake of of the original and this, that and the other. And then to follow it up with a story that leaves more questions than answers. I I think that's why people are so divided about this. Right. Because it's like, look, 
like we need something amazing and we're getting something that's just putting up more question marks like what are we getting ourselves into um and i'm along that line i'm just like man what you know that third one better be she's like blow blow my mind because you know after the first one was kind of like oh i just watched the original again and the second one just left me wanting uh, it means I better get it in the third one. So, uh, but overall, it was really cool. The deleted scenes, I think, were were really cool. Um, you know, as far as some of the things that they had to bring, they didn't bring a whole lot, but I thought it brought up some better context. Especially the fight with Phasma, I appreciated that one a bit more <laughs> than in the movie. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I I'm interested to see what happens with this this trilogy. Uh, but at the same time, I'm excited to see a resolution to, to the main story, and to hopefully start get you know moving elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more Star Wars to tell, so I think once they wrap up this trilogy, we'll see Ryan Johnson's new unnamed trilogy. I think they recently said I read an article that the soonest we would start seeing a film would be like 2020, 2021, and then. There's going to be another standalone, whether that's Boba Fett or Kenobi or Darth Vader, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, even uh, who knows. Um, and then there's going to be the live action series that starts uh, next year, fall of next year. And then there's a new animated series this fall. So we're going to get Star Wars and you know it's going to keep coming. Hopefully it just gets better. I mean, Solo was the most recent film. Like you said, it only, it only made $300 million. <laughs> Those poor guys. Yeah. And uh, it was great. I, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I mean, it's it's up there. I, For me, it's up there with Rogue One, if not better. That's how good it is. So, I mean, it depends on the day. Rogue One could be first place, Solo second, or Solo first, Rogue One second. I mean, it's just... They're neck and neck. Kind of depends on what you're looking for. Solo's more hopeful, more fun. Rogue One is fun, but you know everyone dies at the end, so it's a little kind of a downer. But then you get the whole Darth Vader scene at the end. So I mean, it's trade-offs, and you know, they're both great. And hopefully, the next standalone is just as good. So, have you have you seen that uh, interview? What's his name? Glover. What's his first name? Donald. Donald Glover's, uh, he gave a, uh, like a, I don't know, TV interview about his character. And he's like, I love Lando. He's like, he's so unnecessary. Like everything he does is unnecessary, just extravagant. And he started talking about the the cloaks he wears. He's like, on set, I had like 75 cloaks. (laughs) This guy just had so many cloaks. It was so unnecessary. Like about, he's like, he taught me so much about fashion and it's all about (laughs) the unnecessary things. He's like, so he's like, in real life, I bought cloaks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, there's a scene in Solo where on the Falcon, he has this closet, like a walk-in closet. It's full of cloaks. <laughs> All different <laughs> colors and styles. And stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah and I, I I think I saw something where he's like, someone like, I don't know, tries to put out a fire. Maybe it catches on fire like a cloak. He's like, no, not that cloak. What are you doing? Or yeah. something like that's that, right? made. <laughs> it's just awesome like and and we never really got to see lando right in 
the originals. I think we saw him for a little bit on Cloud City, but you just didn't really get to see much of him. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see, I think, for me as a fan, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it. But uh, as a fan, to see a little bit more about who Lando was. Yeah. Yeah, he, he stole the scenes. I think uh, the guy who played Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich, I think he did a great job as Han Solo. Uh, but Lando, I mean, he was he was fun to watch. I, hopefully he gets his standalone too. What a smart choice in a character too, like in their, their uh, uh, selection of who to play. Oh, yeah. Lando. Yeah, he's a perfect Lando. He filled the shoes very well. I guess he didn't fill them because he kind of is chronologically before the one we see <laughs> that we've already seen. But yeah, very, very charismatic actor. And he did a great job. So you have to go see it and then we'll, we'll do a, another review show on Solo, what you thought of it. So. Yeah, I'm going to go try to see it this weekend. I've got in-laws in town to watch my baby. So I'm getting out. I'm getting <laughs> out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So any final thoughts on what we've talked about or anything else you want to talk about? I think there's a lot of good films coming out over the rest of this year. Like you said, we got Aquaman coming out later. Um, then Ant-Man and the Wasp here in a couple weeks, a month. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, new Star Wars animated show in the fall. So that'll be fun to see how that plays out. Um, a good time to be a nerd and we enjoy you know talking nerd stuff with you guys Mm-hmm. oh uh, yeah you know just a lot of like you said a lot of good things um just want to say you know I, I i know i'm kind of critical on some things uh you know some movie you know reviews and different things but you know that's kind of what i like to do is is be a little bit of a critic sometimes play the the devil's advocate, you know, food for thought, you know, things like that. So don't think I, I don't like what we're talking about or I don't like this movie because if we're talking about it, I like it. Um, but uh, Yeah, if Mark ever oh, goes quiet when we're talking about a subject, that means he doesn't care about it. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, when, you know, when I'm being critical, it's just because I think it, I, it could be a lot better. And I think that that's okay. You know to have good ideas and and i think it's fine to to challenge things that we may not agree with and and like so um just know that that, that I, everything we talk about I, I really do enjoy all these movies are coming out i'm excited for them in my own way so you know don't don't think i'm getting down on anything or you know and and turn you off to it yeah yeah and if you disagree with his opinion or mine definitely hit us up on our social media sites Twitter.com slash Credulous Nerds, Instagram Credulous Nerds, Facebook Credulous Nerds, our homepage, the homepage is uh, CredulousNerds.com. You know, we're out there, we're active on social media. You can email us at thecredulousnerds at gmail.com. Uh, we want to interact with you guys, we want to have conversations about these things that we enjoy. Uh, let us know what your opinion is and if we're you think we're wrong and how we're wrong we'll have a we'll have a dialogue with you we're not gonna shout you down or we're not gonna criticize you and unfairly and attack you personally that's not our style you know we're supportive we love these things we enjoy watching movies reading comics books movie all this tv shows all this stuff 
we just want to talk about it and I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with someone who says you know this movie sucked and then we talk about it and I don't necessarily agree with them but I understand where they're coming from and I see their point of view and that affects how I watch that movie or whatever it is the next time I'm like oh yeah I guess they're kind of right I, this, this part isn't that that uh, good as I thought it was or vice versa right so I mean let us know engage with us we'll have a conversation and just you know, have, a, have a good time with it so we want to thank you guys for joining us definitely join us on patreon.com support us there become a patron of the credulous nerds you can donate a dollar a month for our podcast if you think our podcast is worth a dollar a month uh, we try to do four episodes a month so that's a quarter an episode if you're willing to help us out that way you can do that or donate even more if you like it so that just helps us uh, pay for all the services buy equipment uh, go to these conventions you know do do things like that where we can just engage with you guys we recently had a contest on the release of solo star wars story where uh, if you liked our facebook page and commented on a certain post uh, we gave away funko pops we gave away four mystery minis and one large han solo pop and we're always doing giveaways whether it's uh, digital codes for movies or pops or posters you know we want to reward our fans for listening and supporting us so definitely check us out on our facebook page and follow us there for more giveaways um, for those of you who won those pops be getting them out in the mail this weekend so you should be seeing them shortly but yeah pay attention and follow us and we'll have some more contests we're always having polls i think the most recent poll that we had is um who who would you like to write the soundtrack for your life and it was john williams or hans zimmer uh, facebook only lets us out do two um choices on the polls but um so far john williams is winning with his soundtrack skills but we're always doing polls like that posting funny memes uh posting photos of what we're doing as far as like a book signing or a convention or, you know all kinds of stuff so definitely follow us check us out let us know how we're doing let us know what you want us to talk about more um we mark plays a lot of video games so he can talk about those uh you can engage with him on board games all kinds of stuff so let us know and we want to thank you guys for for listening to our podcast episode 22 the credulous nerds and until next time stay nerdy my friends see you guys <laughs>